Zip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower collaboration while taking actions that matter. With your host, beauty maker Christina Wirtz, recruiting genius Jennifer Rojas, and lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lane. It's time to level up. Important financial obligations require next-level financial solutions. Aggressive loans, investments with strong returns, intense affiliation to build your own business, credit enrichment for the best-in-class lending power, and powerful insurance solutions for extreme protection. Call or visit the Powerhouse Financial Solutions team at Next Level and make the decision to level up today. Go to nlbcgroup.com, nextlevelcreditplus.com, or call 480-550-9434. Level up with Next Level Business Concepts Group. Whoa, did you check out that new commercial? I know, I like it. It's pretty sweet. What do they call it? Powerhouse Group? That's awesome. They're actually in a plane somewhere right now. I think they're going in Ontario? I don't even know. I'm making up stuff again. Is it? (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, smarty pants. Okay, so what's going on today? Uh, We have like a full house today. We have how many people here? Four, nine, eight people here? Yeah. That's awesome. So we have Rob Kowalski here from You haven't been to the Works. Next Level Air podcast yet, huh? No. Yeah, it's like a party. I this heard you guys no, this like... This is tame. Oh, yeah. You yeah. guys go on yachts and drink champagne yep. and like... What else do you do? You have like a stripper pole in the middle or something? You know what? That's funny you say that right now. <laughs> I know. We have a male stripper, former male stripper here. Well, yes. Yes. He actually stripped for the shirt. <laughs> he did. Yeah. We, did, did we get that on video? Um, we missed it, didn't we? There, I think there's cameras around here. We can get the video. Oh, that's true. Robin, yeah. can you help us with that? They're not on. Damn, we missed out. All right, so who is here today? We don't have to wait any longer. <laughs> so we have Rob. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> and then we have a couple other people here. We have um, Carrie, who is possibly... She's amazing. Yeah, she's possibly she's amazing. Possibly amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, she's possibly just amazing. And then who's Angela? Angela's one of my friends. She's actually coming in for her first glimpse of a podcast and Ooh. thinking about creating her own. On what? I can't even tell you. Okay, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Well, I can't wait. You gotta wait. Yeah. Why well, wait more today? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Carrie, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I don't know if you can notice her southern accent. Oh, she's going to be a cute southern belle on the show. That's well, right. Thank y'all. <laughs> thank y'all. <laughs> and Rob today. So Rob actually wrote a book called Why Waiting Works. And it's all about... What's it about? It's about waiting to have sex and how that's the best strategy for finding love and long-term happiness. Waiting till what? Waiting, uh, waiting till marriage. Mm. Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, does, it, does it have to be waiting marriage? one week? <laughs> like, does it have to be marriage? Well, m- marriage works because we know it's going to cause us pain to get out of. So, you know, some people would say wait till commitment. But how easy is it to break a commitment? You know, change the Facebook status, give back a promise ring. But when you, you say, you know, marriage, that's a, that's, a, that's a standard that you know is going to cause you pain if your heart's lying to you. Because our flesh will lie to us to give, us, give it what it wants. So I might mess up the stats I, here. Divorced <laughs> twice. Same. Did you wait? <laughs> Carrie. Um, well, okay, so weird thing. First married, I waited two weeks, and then we got married. So you didn't have sex? We never met. Oh. We met two weeks later, we were married. <laughs> okay. And I'm not going to answer that other question, but my kids sometimes listen. <laughs> And then six months, second time. Wow. Six months you dated before you got married? Mm-hmm. Did you wait? Oh, you don't want to answer that question. Okay. She doesn't I wait. I did not. Okay, yeah. 
and so, hence two failed marriages. But I'm actually just talking about like, is it commitment? Because I think for me, it would be commitment. But, I think if I'm committed yeah. versus married, there might be a little bit better so stats I could, on the end. I, like, and when we, you know, I get that question a lot, and it's basically like, you know, if I was mm-hmm. to say to any ladies here, "Hey, I love you," let's have sex, and you say, "I love you too, Rob." Let's just go to the justice of the peace real fast and get married. That would change the conversation, right? I'd be like, hold on, let, let me just think about this a little bit longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would make sure that I really was sure because at that point I'm signing a marriage contract saying that I'm not going to have sex with anyone again for the rest of my life for the most part. So I want to make sure that it's not just my flesh that wants to get laid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's pretty easy to convince yourself, to deceive yourself into something that may not be true because you're lonely or horny or mm-hmm. depressed or whatever. So marriage works because it just, before we get into something complicated with the wrong person and waste years of our lives, potentially our whole lives with this wrong person, we pump the brakes and go, let me just think about it and make sure. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't wait, and this is what's happened to me in every relationship that I've been in prior, is I had sex quickly it started out as a hookup. I was completely honest that I wasn't looking for anything, but we continued to have sex, and then all of a sudden, I got a soul tie, is what they call it in Christianese, which is really just biology, and you get stuck to someone, and all of a sudden, you don't want anyone else to have sex with them, although, but you're, you're kind of looking over your shoulder at the next one, wondering if someone else can make you happier, but now you can't, and then all of a sudden, this you, you get you get married, let's say, and now the sex stops after you get married, which is a quote that we've all heard a hundred times, and then the studies back it up. Fifty percent of the people that stay married after four years stop having sex. So now you're not having sex, and you're attached to someone that doesn't even make you deeply fulfilled, and that's what happens when you don't wait. That's how it plays out. So I hear the passion behind it. Is it working for you? Well, so this is, how, this is how it's worked for me because I get the question a lot. They're like, well, what if there's no payoff, right? Because I've been single a long time. I've been single and date-free, really, for the most part, for you know, 13 of the last 19 years. And what it's done for me is it pushed me into becoming a much better version of myself because I had this sexual energy that I used to use for chasing girls, and I had to do something with it, so I wrote a book. I started a nonprofit. I went on five international relief trips, got on leadership at my church. I just used it to to do all this productive stuff that actually helps a lot of other people um, and and has made me far more fulfilled. But it hasn't been easy. It's been the hardest thing I've ever done, to be honest, waiting. But yes, when people say, what if there's no payoff? They're they're asking me, what if you never find love? And I'm like, there already has been a payoff. So is it holding you accountable in a way? It, with the groups and the people that are around you and the book and yeah I mean, of course yeah definitely the, you know does it work every time what's that being held accountable the accountability no it, it doesn't like have you work. ever slipped up <laughs> oh yeah and I've, we can talk about that i actually slipped up recently i had uh, about i was one month shy of four years of abstinence and made a mistake with a girl recently and um you know it doesn't change the fact that the, the strategy is right. It works. You know, I know that this is the path to go on. So wait a second. Are sure. we get our, like, is there a wedding to go to? Are no, we? <laughs> oh. no. If, if there was, then maybe it wouldn't be a mistake. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. But for me, no, it, it was, it was sex. You know, I was, I hit a, I hit a point of depression probably about two months ago and just had been working really hard and things, 
you know, had, they weren't working at the level that I, I thought they should be, I guess. And just working long hours, coming home alone, you know, night after night, financial struggles, and eventually it just got to me. And I, I, I've, been abs- I've been sober for six and a half years, and I, I actually quit drinking to pursue this path because when I drink, I, I like to hook up, you know, so I, I had to stop drinking in order to pursue this path. So I, I kind of started to self-medicate, you know, and I was really accountable to my, my pastor through it all um, at the church that I go to and thought, well, maybe I can drink in moderation now. It, it had been a long time since I drank, since, I've had, since I'd had sex. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, is with the way my life is and what, everything that I'm involved in, I'm always in situations where um, there are social settings with a, with a lot of single people that don't necessarily share my values. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they are drinking, they are having sex, or, or maybe, they're, maybe they're not having sex or they're trying not to have sex, but maybe they're not as convicted as I am about it because a lot of our, you know, city fam events, which we can talk about city fam, I guess, in a little bit, um, are in bars, you know, and, and those people aren't waiting, you know what I mean? So I can't be fuzzy, you know, even a little bit. And I tried, I was trying to convince myself maybe that I could get away with it and it didn't work. Well, and thank you for being honest about it. I mean, it's definitely probably not the platform we were thinking about doing it on, but Mm -hmm. I mean, thank you for sharing that. Um, And it's interesting because I think as a mom too, like I always think of the same thing. Like I would love for you to wait and I want to be realistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it is tempting. I mean, there's these adorable little beings walking around and they look at each other and, you know, unfortunately they're left alone and up to their own devices and not even alcohol is included, but I mean, there's all of that. So thank you for just being honest and being aware of you know Absolutely. how we all hear that yeah we're all so eked up you know like everyone's so physically charged it, it's it's very difficult to walk this line but you know if you look at the studies the people that marry with zero to one partners have the highest uh success rates in marriage and they have the best sex lives there's been numerous studies on it the people that have 10 or more partners have the highest divorce rates and the least uh satisfying sex lives so there's a clear correlation between how many partners you have and waiting and whether you're going to be successful and divorce feels like death. You know, I've never had it, but this is what I hear. I know I've talked to the people that have been divorced and they're always like, I never want to get married again because they don't want to go through a divorce. Well, it's interesting. I think the first time was harder than the second time. Right. So it does get you a little bit like more numb to it. <laughs> no, that second one probably hurt more. That's se- that second one. Well, you've had how many? Four? four. Yeah. How, ma- how about? Really? <laughs> we talking about marriages or kids here? Kids. Okay, now it's the same thing. <laughs> how about you, Carrie? How many kids? Three. And you've been married twice? Yes. Okay, how'd that work for you? The kids with the marriages. <laughs> Marriage is not so good. Yeah. The divorce? How about that? First, First one. one was definitely harder than the second. Absolutely. Hmm. Christina, taking a census now. I have not been married. I don't have kids. I've never been engaged. But my mom's been married three times. <laughs> yeah. And do we have Debbie on the line? Debbie actually has a question for you. She's been patiently. Debbie. Can you hear me? <laughs> we hear Hi, you. We hear you. So you're oh married God. currently, oh right? Oh, yes. Did and you wait? Actually, okay. So I want to commend, um, you know, his efforts because I was a girl who didn't wait. I mean, I was kind of obsessed with the like playing house, which I think a lot of like young women, cause I was in my thirties um, when I met my husband, 
And I just had this whole thing like, oh, my gosh, he's going to, like, he's going to marry me. Everything's going to happen. And it just, like, we had to go through a lot of stuff because we moved in, like, nine months later. And so we actually recreated the starting of our relationship the year before we got married. So we didn't have sex for the year before we got married, which was 11 years into our relationship. Wow. Wow. That's good. So, yeah, so I definitely commend you for what you're doing because I think, you know, our identity sometimes is so um, caught up in like, oh, I want to please this person. And it's just, you know, I realize now looking back that, you know, it just was one of those things where, and I think, you know, you probably have some recommendations on this of like how people can like recreate the newness in their, you know, relationship without it having to be around sex. Right. Well, I think, you know, a lot of the decisions too is based around fear. You know, like a a lot of times women, they're afraid they're going to lose the guy if they don't give it. Right. So they think, Mm -hmm. okay, well, if I have sex with him, hopefully he's going to like it enough and he's going to, he's going to give me the commitment. So the way, and there's a great TED talk called how your brain falls in love by um, Dawn Masler. She actually endorsed my book. And she talks about how our brains are wired different. Women release oxytocin, which is this bonding hormone when they orgasm. Men release it when we commit. Okay, we don't release mm-hmm. oxytocin when we orgasm. We release something called vasopressin, which actually is kind of almost the opposite. That's why guys can hit it and quit it. So, like, a, basically, if you look at the way the Bible, not to get religious, but it, God had it right. You do it on your wedding night. The girl gives the sex, the man gives the commitment, and boom, they lock together. At that point, they've already been through the dating process, evaluating each other clearly with a, with a clear head, no hormones floating around, making you think you're in love with someone that you're really not in love with, ignoring the red flags. And you, now you, you're locked in for life, and it weather, helps you weather the storms that you're going to go through to preserve the family unit so that these kids can have two parents, which is what ultimately I believe God wants. You know what I mean? But we don't mm-hmm. want to wait because we're impatient. Right. And nobody likes discipline. Nobody Mm -hmm. likes waiting. I hate waiting. I want to have sex right now. Seriously. (laughs) But I know ultimately how it plays out and it's not good for me. I don't also I also don't like to go to the gym. I just go to the gym because I like the way my clothes fit when I do. So I think if people understand the practicality of waiting, they're a lot more prone to do it. I just didn't understand any of this. No one ever taught me this when I was a kid. And even when I started waiting, I only did it because I, I became a Christian and God said basically mm-hmm. that he was going to yeah. bring someone for me. And I believed him. So I was, selfishly, I said, okay, I'll wait. And it turned into a lot longer than I thought. And I started to understand it. And from, I really believe because I've lived at such polar ends of the spectrum, I've had so much casual sex. And then I've been abstinent for so long that I really understand it maybe better than anyone on earth. It doesn't mean that people are going to do it. You know, people know that CrossFit's good for them too. It doesn't mean you're going to go. But at least if you understand, okay, I get a six-pack if I go for eight weeks straight and don't stick bad things in my mouth. You're like, this is how it <laughs> yeah. plays out. This is how you find your soulmate and have a happy life long-term and not get stuck or, and with unhappily married or divorced, you know, which is what is the norm now. You know, like people say they don't want to get married. All the younger generation doesn't want to get married because they've seen everyone do it wrong. You know, everyone's doing it wrong. Not 97% of the population doesn't wait. So only three, three out of 100 are waiting. So we're, all we're seeing is failed marriages everywhere. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. cheating so on each make, other. Yeah. So do you make recommendations for people that are already in relationships yes. to start the practice? Not if they're married. 
Not if, of course. Not. <laughs> Don't wait if you're married. <laughs> That's a recipe for divorce. Have all the sex when you're married. <laughs> Have all of it. Um, no, but if, look, so I, I, I yes, I, I talk, tell that to people all the time because my, the last relationship I was in, I was dating a girl. We were having sex. And, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was in love. I thought maybe I was. We had broken up a bunch of times. We had, were on, like, kind of a good stretch at the time. Like, and I started thinking, maybe I am in love with her. And I cut the sex off. I said, look, I, I don't know if we're really built to last, but I think that this is the way we were going to find out. I said, Let, we're going to stop having sex. And if we both become convinced that we're in love, we'll get married and we'll, start, we'll have sex again on our wedding night. And if we become convinced that we're not in love, let's stop wasting each other's time. Because we had been together two years at that point. Just this tumultuous, crazy relationship, break up, get back together, good sex, terrible relationship. You know, and it, it was like I cut it off and the clouds parted and we could both think clearly and we broke up three weeks later. Hmm. And it, so it works. So, if, you know, just because you've made the, you know, if you've made that decision or mistake, then it still works. How do you feel about arranged marriages? I don't know much about those. I, you know, I mean, I've, just the thought of it. I've gotten to the point of, honestly, so, of desperation <laughs> recently because I was like, I'm just so, I've considered I'm it, so yeah. tired of not having sex and being alone, seriously. And yeah. I, thought, I thought, I'm going to pick like five or ten girls and give them to some people or just you know, give a list to some people I trust. We have friends in the and industry. Just, and, and just we have, do. Yeah, and just have like people that I trust yeah. say, pick one for me. You know what I mean? And I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not really going to do that. But it, it, it really, the path is that hard that I, that thought crossed my mind, mm. you know. But well, no. And I mean, it goes down to like, what are you committed to? I mean, just like you yeah. said, the gym, like you're just going to go because you said you're going to go. It's almost like you got married, stay married. You said you would. People say that. They say love is a feeling. Or no, love oh, is a feeling. saying no. no not, not a love is a feeling. Love is a decision is what they say. But, but here's the deal. Yes, it is, but it still starts with a feeling because otherwise we could, just decide to, we could just decide to marry each other right now or, you know, whatever. I but think Mary's available. Yes, you're going you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're to marry. You're gonna, first, you're going to feel something, and then if that feeling fades, yes, it becomes a decision where you're just a commitment where you're going to go, like going to the gym, whether you feel like it or not. Yeah. But I'm not going to go. I'm not going to just decide to marry the first person that comes along and people say that they're like well hey you know they told me the story because it's been so long that i've been waiting they're like you know the story about when it was raining and a boat came and the guy jumped didn't get on it and he said i'm going to trust god and the next boat came and and then finally says i sent you three boats and i was like well how many boats have you jumped on since i've known you because those boats didn't work out so good you know what i mean <laughs> the titanic was a boat you know what i mean like i'm waiting for the, it's got to be the right boat well i'll say i got <laughs> married after two weeks yeah we were married for seven years mm -hmm. there were other things that I think on my end that I wasn't committed to. Mm -hmm. And I realized that now, but he is the father of my sons and I could have stayed married. Like there's a part of me that knows I could have been committed to that till the end. Mm -hmm. When we get married, no one gets married with the intention of getting divorced. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but there are certain things. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I hope I not. not. The gold diggers maybe. But there are, certain, <laughs> there are certain aspects and certain things that are deal breakers. So say more that, of that now, because I know you had infidelity for of one. Of course. Wait, can we pause real quick? Yeah. Debbie, while you're still on the line, do you have any other questions? We don't want to keep you if you have to go. No, I'm just loving this conversation. So you're just going to keep listening in? <laughs> She's hooked. Okay. She's going to wait it out. Perfect. She's going to wait. We're inspiring everyone. All right, go on. Well, infidelity, first and foremost. I mean, once, there's, once the trust is gone, it's hard to rebuild that. 
And that's, I mean, it can be done. Yeah, and that's something I even talk about in the book. If you don't have a deep connection with someone, that one person will never satisfy you long term. It won't. You'll either swing, polyamory, open relationship, cheat. You'll do something because if they don't satisfy you long term, you'll look elsewhere. You'll look outside the relationship to get that fulfillment. And you can't know if someone satisfies you long term fast. Well, I mean, it's also d- about you knowing get- yourself, though, because I think at 22, when I first got married, I didn't know myself. Like I was yeah. committing into something that I don't even know if I knew the commitment word, what it meant. Right. Sure. So there's that. And I do yeah. have to be honest and let you know that bipolar disorder was part of it. <laughs> and that is so hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. dealing with like three, four different people. Yeah. yeah. So it's very hard. Yeah. It's tough. And infidelity I mean, it's is part of that. Yeah. Always, I, guess, I think back to the zero to one, though, the zero to one partner study. Those, a lot of those people had to marry young. You know what I mean? And they stay together and they have great sex. So I think the key isn't so much so much the matter of your age as much as it is the fact that you wait. You know? Because you you said you're going to wait. Because you know it's going to be hard to get out of. Again, it would be no different than someone saying to me, hey, Rob, you can have sex with uh, my sister, but if you decide you want to have sex with anyone else in your life, I'm going to cut your head off. Like, I would go, gosh, ugh, I want to make sure that this is going to be the one, a good choice. Goodness. Let me make sure this is going to be, you know what I mean? Like, what if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life? Are you going to think about it a little longer? Of course. You know what I mean? Versus going, eh, I'll try a bite of that pizza because I might want some Chinese food later too, though. Like, you know what I mean? It ain't no different. But don't you think, so like my mama and papa, they met when they were 14. They've only been with each other. They're still married. Sometimes they're miserable, but I feel like, so can you speak to like the generational differences too? Because back in the seventies and eighties, we didn't have social media. We didn't have temps everywhere and we didn't have access to the whole entire world to date. Hmm. Now we have access to all that. So I feel like that's also a part of why the divorce rates are so high and why people don't stay married. Not that it's like just because they didn't wait to have sex. It's like, there's a lot of other factors. So do you think that too? Oh, I think it definitely makes it more challenging. I think the biggest thing is the culture that we live in because nobody waits, right? Mm-hmm. So we're surrounded by a bunch of men that are, have gotten lazy. We don't pursue anymore. Like mm-hmm. we can literally, with a swipe of our finger, get laid, right? It's no effort involved. And it's, it would be no different than living in a ghetto where the government is just giving out everything free, all the money, the food, whatever, and we're just not having to work anymore. And we're not going, fulfilling, you know, reaching our potential and figuring out, like, becoming this best version of because we're lazy. And so even if a girl comes along and says, I'm waiting, a guy's like, he can just go down the street and get it from the next girl very easily. So he's not motivated to even do the work anymore. And so a lot of times women will say, you know, you put a lot of the pressure on women, uh, you know, in the book. And, you know, I feel like they're the ones that have the power because they're the ones that have it and they're giving it out. You know, and the men are, we're just too stupid to say no. Seriously, we're not going to be, we're not going to, we're going to take it if you give it. If you're not even reco- like saying you want even a, the, the promise of a commitment, mm-hmm. you know, you're just give it to us and we're going to take it. And it just makes it harder. It makes it worse for everyone. If w- women stopped, if they realized their worth and stopped giving it out, everyone would rise up and be happier. The men would automatically have to pick one girl. They'd have to start figuring out who is the best choice for me. The women would get the commitment and the men would make a good choice and not get stuck with some, you know, low hanging fruit. We talk about the top apple girl on the book and like, you know, if guys don't have to climb to the top of the tree to grab that apple, we'll pick up the ones off the ground. You know what I mean? The easy ones that are a little bit 
<laughs> rotten. You know what I mean? Like we will because we're human as human nature. We're just we're just all a little lazy. So do you talk about um, the men's role in this at all in your book? Like how men can actually assist women in us taking back our power? Yeah, no, I do. There's a there's a whole chapter in there about becoming a man um, and about how to pursue a woman not just physically, you know, like how, how we can pursue her emotionally and, and um, intellectually. But, you know, I think for men, I think ultimately, we, you know, again, back to our selfish nature, you have to appeal to people's selfish nature in order to get them to do the thing that's best for them. So I, what I say to, to, to women is, look, this is the way to get security, the, the commitment, because I do believe that women want a committed husband, father, you know what I mean? That's what, it's in, it's in the DNA. Men want sex. That's what we want. What I say to men, this is how to have more sex in the long run. Because if you get stuck with the wrong one, the physical attraction will fade and you'll stop having sex. Or at least you won't have, have it as often. In addition to the fact that you'll choose someone that's not your helpmate, that wasn't created to go to the place that you were created to go to, and you won't reach your purpose and your full potential. Because you'll have somebody, you'll, you'll pick somebody out of physical attraction it'll it'll fade away and you'll get stuck with a person that can't help you reach your full potential mm -hmm. because the bible talks about women being helpmates helping a man reach his purpose and vice versa it's not a sexist thing but what's that yeah sure absolutely yeah yeah no it's and vice versa but um yeah that that's the way the way i think that that if men understood that it would make them realize okay, you know, I'd be willing to delay gratification in order to see this um, benefit my life in a positive way. Because again, the key to all, all long-term happiness is delayed gratification. There's not one thing in, in life that you can have instant gratification and long-term happiness. I, I challenge anyone here to think of something. Is there well, anything? We're actually going to think about it during the break, but also when we come back, we have Jennifer, one of our top apples. Um, she's also our, <laughs> I love it. One of our top I know, apples. She's one of our top apples. She's um, she's on the she's on the phone now, and um, she wanted to be here, but she actually had some work to do. And when she gets back, she wants to talk about City Fam, which I also have some questions about because okay. I did notice there's a high level of women, but not a lot of men. Yes. Which we also had a man calling in, and I think we might have lost him. So we're going to try and get Chris back on the phone. And we have some questions coming up. Okay. We'll be right back. Awesome. Are you selling or buying a home that needs upgrading or repairs? Get free contracting services when you buy or sell a home with Matthew Makovic Real Estate Solutions. Put expertise to work for you. Matthew is a licensed general contractor and a licensed real estate agent with Lux Real Estate Group. Drop the hassles and maximize your value with this unique two-for-one service. Call 520-465-4640 today or check out fixitlistitsold.com. That's fixitlistitsold.com. Let's face facts. Your business is either growing or dying. Limeware Promotions wants to help your business grow. The strategy is not only to get seen, but remembered. And that's where Limeware comes in. We're here to help you come up with some fun and catchy promotional ideas so you get seen and remembered. At Limeware, we are ready to take on all your promotional needs from custom embroidery hats and screen print shirts all the way to business cards and pens. Limeware Promotions. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and let the growing begin. Limeware. Actually, um, Rob's wearing one of our Limeware t-shirts, our Sip and Listen t-shirts. I'll actually take some pictures afterwards and show them. 
Um, but I also want to make sure that Jennifer is still on the line. Jennifer, are you Hi, there? Hello. Hey, Jennifer. What's up, yes. doll? Hi. So we're no longer oh, calling each other co-hosts. We're going to call each other Top Apple Girls. How's that sound? We're going to call each other what? <laughs> <laughs> Top Apple Girls. We'll explain it later. Anyways. Is that a reference to that we're not going to have sex? <laughs> no, that just means we're the top. We're going to have all the sex in the long term. <laughs> in the, the long term. In the long term. We're the best of the best. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're actually talking about oh. City Femme, and I know you had a question yeah. about City Femme. And actually, we did um, a karaoke event, which... I love the fact that everyone was in such harmony and we were all around the same subject, but it was so great. Some of us were wearing the t-shirts. Lisa was actually organizing. She'd been on our podcast before. She's actually heading the Phoenix chapter here in town and you have a few of them around. Yes. Like how many yeah. chapters yeah. do you have now? So Houston. Wait, well, that was my question. Sure. Oh, I, is that, I just took your question. <laughs> know, You're going to have to think of another Lisa. one. <laughs> how many chapters do you have? So we started in Baltimore, so we, that's, that's uh, going. And then we have Houston that, that started recently. Phoenix will be the second. And then Dallas is actually getting started. And possibly San Antonio, um, Austin, which, yeah, that's just kind of new. So we are a worldwide show. If someone's listening right yeah. now, what's the best way to start one? Wait, so th- we need to rewind because nobody knows what yes. City Fan is. <laughs> so Jennifer, <laughs> ask us some more questions. I know. I, I know. I'm like she doesn't even know what Top Girl I, I called in specifically because <laughs> I wanted to ask, and you're like asking all the questions I was going to ask. Go on, Jennifer. Yeah, I was, I was, How rude. I, was, I know. I'm so bad. <laughs> well, it's we might. I'm now, a mid-Apple now. It's, it's never. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it was just... You want to know what City Fam is? Is that what you're asking? Well, I think I I I would look to see what City Fam, but absolutely describe it. And then I was, yeah, I was curious. How are you? It looked like you were entering into other markets. How are you going about doing that? Which I think yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea came. So basically, I was a nightclub promoter uh, and a stripper, as they mentioned earlier. (laughs) Uh, just and I so I always preface this part to say City Fam isn't faith based, but what happened for me when I was 27 is I became a Christian. I had this uh, you know radical encounter with Jesus, and I did this big 180. I basically stopped uh, promoting. I stopped hanging out with all my friends from the clubs because they were you know derelicts like I was, and uh, I started going to church on Sunday, trying to learn about you know this God that I knew nothing about, and life got really boring. Right, it got very lonely and boring. I just didn't relate to church people at all. I wasn't a religious kind of guy, and I, you know, had a very active social life. And then I all of a sudden had nothing to do and no one to do it with. And I was like, okay, where can I find a group of people that are on the right path that um, you know share my values, but that I also can relate to, that like to have fun? And because the church people to me were weird a little bit, not all of them, but a lot of them were weird, and 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 I mean that nicely, but you know. They were, they were also boring. They just weren't doing anything on the weekends. At least the people, like maybe the couples, you know, I don't know. This is, was my experience. Sundays were great. And then six and a half days a week, I would sit around not knowing what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, waiting for this girl that God told me he was going to bring me. And that took away the, the option of dating out of loneliness. Because I'm sure that's what I would have done. But I didn't do it because he told me he had a girl, so I was waiting on him, and it just compounded the feelings of, of, of loneliness. And 
I went through six years of that where eventually I just went back to the bars on the weekends because I just wanted to have a social life again and I wanted to be around some people that, again, I could relate to. So the culture in the bar isn't very good. You know, it's those people aren't really about anything that, you know, that they weren't sharing my values, let's say. And I just started picking up my habits, my bad habits, one after the other, to the point where I really kind of ended up back to where I started, except it was just a lot worse because I knew better. So when I rededicated in 2011, I got sober in 2012. I committed to waiting again in June of 2012. And I went through the exact same period where every night I was renting Redbox movies by myself because mm -hmm. I was like, I can't go to the bar. I know that, how that works. And I can't hang out with a girl alone because I know that what that's, what's going to happen there. And that's my kryptonite. So I just sat up around by myself all the time for about a year. And I eventually was like, this isn't a long-term strategy. So I started organizing social events to give myself something to do. But I also had some friends that were, that were, that were, I always say this, I always say, I have some friends that love Jesus, but that were normal, right? Cause there are still are a few of them out there. Um, I had some friends like that and they were going through the exact same thing that I was going through. They were bored. And I also had a lot of friends from my former way of life that weren't doing so good anymore because all the bad decisions now were starting to, to play out and I wanted to help them, but I couldn't get them to the places where the help was that they needed. So I thought, well, look, I can get, I can create these social environments where I can get them to. And if they get around some good people, I feel like so, something good's going to happen for them. And that's exactly what happened. They started developing healthy relationships and I started to see their lives change, improve. I, I was, I was volunteering through my church a lot at the time. I was really liking myself again. It was making me, it was healing me from my mistakes. And I thought, man, I got friends that need to feel this, but they won't come to the church co-drive. You know, so I started organizing service events for my social group. And I saw even more people's lives start to improve because they were like, they started to feel what I was feeling. And now they had something to do on Fridays and Saturdays besides the wrong thing, because eventually people will do, if they don't have opportunities to do fun without regret, eventually you'll do fun with regret <laughs> because you just need to have some fun, right? You work hard all week, Friday comes, I want to blow off some steam. Guess what? The bar is always there. Tinder is always on your phone. You know what I mean? There's always that... So if no one has organized fun without regret, which takes some, some pre-planning, you know, someone has to think about fun without regret weeks in advance mm -hmm. and then invite you to it, then you'll do fun with, re fun with regret. So what we, what we at City Fam do is we organize these social environments where people can, you know, just link up with good people. Like let's have a good, let's become the best version of ourselves, but also let's have fun in the mm -hmm. process because I would, again, I, I just saw this huge divide between the two. I when I, you know, was making right decisions. Life was just so boring. And I'm like, it shouldn't be like this. So we push the envelope at city fam. We do a lot of events, um, in bars, live music, you know, they're going to go float the river in Texas. They're, we just try to make it as fun as possible, but we also try to create a support system where other we're holding each other accountable, you know, like, so I messed up recently, you know, and if it wasn't for city fam, I mean, I could have very easily gone down that road again because mm -hmm. it, you know, I could have just been like, okay, well, there goes four years of abstinence. Somebody might as well, you know, have some fun now and just made a mess, mm -hmm. right? Or I was drinking again, but I had a support system that pulled around me and they're like, come on, man, you can do this. You got this. And they just loved, loved on me and helped me get through that depression that I was going through. And now I'm back on track. So that's what City Fam is. It's just, you know, it's fun without regret. It's connecting people with purpose. I feel like a lot of people want to volunteer. They don't know how to get started. We make it really easy for them to do that. Mm -hmm. So was that, did that answer your question? You asked how we're launching in other cities too? 
Yeah, but you know what? I have a follow-up question. I mean, I'm assuming your events, do you have to partake in the lifestyle that you've chosen? No, 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 no. Or is it part of the event? No. It sounds like it's probably pretty inclusive. No, no we don't want to ever be built, labeled the abstinent group because we know that the, the, attendance, <laughs> the attendance will drop. Fun. Like, <laughs> sell, sell. No, um, no. So what, but what, what has happened is, I, so, you know, I made a video called 10 Reasons Not to Have Sex Before Marriage where I just kind of break it down really practically why it makes sense to wait. And I posted it on YouTube and it, it kind of went viral. It got over a million views. So a lot of people that are waiting started reaching out um, to me because I mentioned City Fam in the video. So they started reaching out saying, hey, we're waiting and we're dying. You know, like basically, which is what happened to me. Because when, when you're not waiting, you don't really need community. You don't. Think about it. You just can hop from person to person. I didn't recognize the need for real friends. <laughs> Until I, until I, <laughs> until I remove sex from the equation. Cause at that point I was like, okay, you know, I can't be around a girl alone even. So like now everything has to be groups. So I needed to cultivate a really good group of friends, which actually has now propelled me to reach my dreams because they've supported me every step of the way to get here. Um, but no, no, we, we, you know, people that are waiting tend to go into city fam, but we don't push people from city fam into waiting. I do think that, um, there is probably a little bit of a trickle down um, effect that happens, but we're we're definitely not saying, "Hey, you got to be sober," or "Hey, you got to be abstinent." We're not really trying to um, replace NA, AA, Sex Addicts Anonymous, any of those places. We just say, "Look, let's hang out, let's have a good time," and we believe that if you hang out with us long enough, you won't want to do those things because mm-hmm. you'll have healthy relationships, and life just gets so good that you'll be like, I, I, you know, for me when when I one of the big motivators in addition to not having sex for getting sober was I started to realize my purpose and I was like, I ain't got time to be hungover. You know, I got to get up early tomorrow and get to this place that I'm so passionate about getting to, because I know when I get there, I'm going to be really happy, you know? So I, I, that was a big motivator for me to, to not drink, you know, Mm -hmm. not, not hang out in the bars till two o'clock. I just, I'm like, I'm going to go to bed early and get up at five o'clock tomorrow and work my ass off so I can make this happen, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's been working. Any other questions, Jennifer? Yeah, you know me. I've got like a hundred, but since I'm not there, I won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll go back to, um, yeah, I'm curious, how are you getting into other markets? And are, I mean, it sounds like people are just reaching out to you. And so now do you have a, a template or, um, yeah. you know, a model that you're able to provide so that you're creating kind of a consistency of brands yeah. within these markets but no. still allowing people to... Set it up the way it feels good for them too. Yeah, well, no, great question. We do, uh, and we just kind of figured a lot of this out re- recently. So if they reach out to me personally through YouTube or one of my social media accounts, we, I encourage them to do a curriculum that I put together for the book, and it's called The Truth About Sex. It's an eight-week uh, small group where they, you get together, you'll, you'll talk about two chapters of the book. On week five, you actually do a social event to benefit a local charity of your choosing, and then you actually go out on week seven and you volunteer at that charity together. And by the time you get to the end of the eight weeks, what happens is now you got a tribe. You've got a group of people that you've now been, you know, having deep conversations with, you've socialized with, you've served with. And if you want to start a city fam at that point, we, we, take, we take you through actually another six-week uh, curriculum, which is called the squad, which it talks more about the DNA of city fam. Because what happens is people come into city fam, they feel it, they feel this something's different. They're like, man, you guys are really nice. They feel the love. But what it, when it really boils down to is city fam is about sacrifice. It's about love, you know, because 
I, I was, you know, one time I was probably the most popular person in my hometown and I thought I had a lot of friends and then the shit hit the fan and I realized I had a lot of people I partied with and not, not really many friends at all because they were just there for the good time like I was. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I didn't like that feeling. It was a painful realization. So what I want is I want to be around people that I can trust, that got my back, that if I'm moving will show up to my house. If I'm sick, they'll call me that won't hit on my girlfriend when I walk to the bathroom. You know what I mean? That's the culture of the world that we live in, right? And we, so we want to create this countercultural movement that teaches people like, this is what's going to, yes, it, is it hard sometimes? When I got to show up at somebody's house and help them move, a city fan person, it sucks. I'm not going to lie. It sucks to go to the gym too. But guess what? There's a payoff, right? So I want that rich life, you know, and I'm willing to pay that temporary sacrifice to have it. And that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to teach. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered your question. So look, back, back it up a second. <laughs> if people reach out to CityFam directly, you can go to CityFam.com and you can hit the start a chapter button and that will actually go directly to our new chapter uh, liaison, a guy named Billy Lofton, who was the co-founder. And, and you, can just go, you can just skip the truth about sex um, curriculum and you can just go into the squad. I will say it's probably a little harder. Um, I feel like the truth about sex helps you cultivate that, that group. Because a lot of times people will go, well, I don't even know who I'd start a chapter with. If you do the truth about sex, it's easy because everybody likes to talk about sex, right? Like, so it doesn't even matter if they agree with waiting. You can completely disagree, you know, with, with, the, with waiting and be part of that study. And, and you, you know, it, we're happy to have you, you know, I think it's great. Carrie's actually one of the newest ones to join the Phoenix. Yes. And how has it been for you? Oh, it was a fantastic time. Great people. Absolutely great people. <laughs> And you, are time. you taking on <laughs> this abstinence? The new Tell us. Be when was the last time you had sex, Carrie? Carrie? <laughs> Let's go around the room. All right. <laughs> you first. No. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Okay, so next question. So what did you think of the event? I mean, you were at the study. Fantastic. You got to see the video. So there's a video mm-hmm. that you actually play. We do... Mm-hmm. Um, questions that Lisa actually um, creates a, a help me out here. What else do we do? Oh, the icebreaker! I love the icebreakers. Yeah, the those icebreakers are, my are cool. Yeah, it was such a great group of people from so many different aspects. I mean, there were different people, but they were all just really great, yeah. fun to be around. And then you That's got good. to go a little bit of karaoke. I did. You missed Rob, though. I have to do a shout out because his Ice Ice Baby. Thank you. Oh, how could I miss that? Moly. Oh, my goodness. That's the best I've it ever seen. Surely game. there's video. Yeah, like it every chapter. I'm sure there is. Yeah, every chapter should do karaoke with Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, they totally should. You know what I found ironic about that night? I don't think you know this yet, but the place that you chose is a couple doors down from where Sex Addicts and Anonymous meets. Mm-hmm. I do know. <laughs> Did you choose that on purpose? Yes, absolutely. I think of everything. <laughs> <laughs> you got to fish where the fish are. Exactly. We stopped by afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. You know, goodness. I, I really I believe a lot of the people that are struggling with addictions is because they don't have great... Support relationships they don't have good connections there's a, a great ted talk by johan hari it's called the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety the opposite of addiction is connection and he talks about this study that they did back in the 70s with these rats these laboratory I rats heard this. i yeah. love this story and they put these rats in cages by themselves and after a little while they they put this water laced with heroin or cocaine into the cage and nine out of the ten rats drank it till they overdosed and died 
Then they took some laboratory rats. They put them in a cage with each other together. And they put a little maze in there. They let them establish some social dynamics. They called the maze rat park. And then they introduced the, the water, the drug-laced water. And only three out of the 10 rats tried it, and none of them drank till they overdosed and died. And I thought, well, no shit. They had something to do. You know? So I look at the opioid epidemic, and all the, you know, there's a lot of issues that our country's facing. And it's because we don't have great connection with each other. And honestly, I believe that there's an enemy, you know, out there and he tries to get us in ways to separate us, whether it's fast sex, because fast sex is anti-community 100%. Meaning if I don't have, if I have sex without commitment, it'd be like, Elisa, I want to have, when you were having sex, well, guess what? I want to have sex with Carrie. Now you're gone. You're not my friend. Even if I was completely honest with you, I'm still an asshole. You're going to be gone. So that's anti-community. I lost you. You know what I mean? What, so the devil, you know, or the enemy will try to get us to act in ways to divide us so that he can beat us up and get us hooked on opioids or alcohol or sex or porn or drugs or whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, if we don't connect with each other, we will connect with something else. And that's what that TED talk was all about. So when I hear about Sex Addicts Anonymous, I'm like, those are the perfect people for City Fam mm -hmm. because they need it. You know, they need what we got. You know, speaking to the whole connection thing, um, I like how you're not like lecturing people to be perfect. Like you were six years abstinent, kind of fell back into your ways for five years and then another for however many years it's been, but you've made mistakes. So it's not about like, don't make mistakes ever because if people like shunned you and was like, Rob, who are you to speak? Like you just made all these mistakes. Yeah. Like we're all human yeah. and to have that community and that connection and not make you wrong for it, but actually support you. Yeah. I feel like we're a lot more powerful that way Yeah, in I, groups. No, definitely. I mean, if nothing else, uh, you know, I did a lot of reflecting after the, after I made that mistake and I was like, you know, I just want to create an environment where people can take their masks off. You know, we're not, we're not perfect. I just know which way North is. I'm going to try to go North. Sometimes I'm going to go Northwest, Northeast. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes I might go South. You know, like, at least I got to know which way north is. And that's, you know, that's the way I look at it. It's, I'm not perfect. I'm human. Um, we're, we're all in this together. And we're going to support each other along the way, you know. And that's, that's kind of what we're all about. You mm -hmm. know? I think it's such a great thing. I, I know I met Christina through a group atmosphere. And we've become very close. But it's, it's really that support that really makes the show what it is. Because mm -hmm. without that, we wouldn't have a show with Robin and all the support that we actually create anything with mm -hmm. like to think that we do anything alone is just a sad situation but I do believe that isolation is definitely something that we tend to get to but it's just not the answer yeah but what do you think Carrie I think we all definitely need each other and that does make us stronger I mean it's like a family unit and I love the name of it I don't know if that was on purpose or was yeah. that what was, I mean it's really creating something that you can actually really fall on on each other to move forward. Absolutely. And it's such an easy onboarding ramp, you know, for people because it's, it starts with social and everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to have fun. So we've had numerous people in Baltimore that were just, you know, severely depressed. They didn't have, they didn't have a support system. They made, maybe were living in a city where they didn't have family or, or they were estranged from their family. And, you know, it's just, just as, for me, it was just so easy because it's like, I want to, I want to kind of, help friends, but I also need, I want to scratch this itch that I'm having for wanting a social life. So let's just get them into a, get them into a place where they can just meet some other healthy people. And it, it's almost effortless in a lot of ways. 
you know, it's not completely effortless because, you know, there is some intention behind it. So it doesn't mean it's going to, you know, it's going to cost you something. You might have to pick that person up. You might have to pay for their movie or whatever. Mm. But at the end of the day, in comparison to trying to, um, you know, mentor someone one-on-one, let's say, that, that's a lot of work. You know what I mean? I bring people to events where there are other healthy people and somehow the group just kind of embraces them and, they, and starts taking care of them. And then it becomes this collective responsibility and I can go get the next one, you know, and that's how it's worked for us. Sometimes the biggest difference is coming from a stranger, like mm -hmm. when they really do something that they didn't have to. And that mm -hmm. really causes you to yeah. go, wait a second. It wasn't a family member. It wasn't a friend. It actually, people do care. Yeah. And that's what I got to see. Like people were actually really nice. And I mean, I can't sing and, but it was, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, it was just a blast. And just to get, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so and, -so. and and it's just a good feeling to have community. Yeah. Like, it's such a great thing when, you know, Carrie and I have known each other for years and, and we joke about the last place we worked, they were like keeping us apart because we probably just, <laughs> You guys probably created a oh, lot of trouble. We with would just have. Knowing the both of we you. very well we could have, but they were smart. <laughs> yeah, they were smart. But now. <laughs> but over but the there's company. just such a beautiful thing to creating something that is really growing beyond you. And that's yeah. actually my, my next question. Like, What's next? Like, what's, mm -hmm. what's the big picture that we can actually support you in? So I would love to see city fams in every market in the world. You know, I do believe that there's people out there that are, A, sitting at home alone, bored on the weekends, not, you know, knowing what to do with themselves. And there's people that are in the bars. That are, I think the bars are full of people that are making decisions that they know better than to make or aren't happy with. But they're like, well, what's the alternative? You know, stay home, right? So... I feel like we can fix that problem. And so I want to, I want to see city fans everywhere. You know, I want to find the people that are like me because it was such a hard road for mm -hmm. me that I want to, I want to see if we can fix this problem. Um, I want to open a bar. Actually, there's a bar called home that I have in my mind. Um, that's going to be, we're going to call it home because there's no place like home. Like literally there's no place like this in the world, but it'll be a place that a bar that you, if you hung out long enough, you could get sober in is the way I think about it because it will have alcohol. But we will have alcohol alternatives, but it'll just be a place for these like-minded people that we're now cultivating to come together in a social setting and just have fun, you know, because all of us here know people that we, that probably need something. They might need to get sober. They might need church. They need something. They might need landmark forum. They might need one of those things, but you can't get them to the place, right? But you could get them to a bar. Mm -hmm. And if in that bar were a bunch of people that were part of those things, then that's where the change begins. Because it's really, it's about, it's about the people more than it is the place. You know, even if I talk about the church, the church isn't a building. The church is the body. Jesus said, wherever two or three people are gathered, I'm there. It doesn't matter if it's in a bar or if it's in a church, you know. So let's just get them around people where they can begin to figure things out. So I, so I believe that the bar is a key piece of, of all of it. And, and then we could, you know, my, in my mind, I'm like, we're going to have a, a, a chain of these bars and P. Diddy is going to be our, uh, our front man. I'm serious. I'm serious. I think Diddy is going to be our front man. He talks about God. He does. I mean, not to say it's a... When I think about God, I think about the collective good of all. Like, you know, the devil is me. It's selfish, right? It's all about me. And that's when I get into my flesh. That's the way I, I get. The, when God is more about sacrifice. What's good for everybody, right? So... When I think, when I say God, I'm thinking more along those lines. If there's anybody out there that's, you know, not in that place, don't get hung up on that word. But, um, 
but yeah, I think I do think Diddy is going to be our front man. Like Jay Z has forty forty club. Diddy is going to be the guy for home. So I'm, are you I'm, friends with him? Like have no, you? No, 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 no. Right, well, I hopefully have, he's listening. I have to, I have met him before. I actually met him before a concert once. I I took a picture with him. Really, really cool. All right. So if you story. know him, connect him with Rob. <laughs> yes, please. I like how underneath everything that you're doing, there's just. Um, like the why behind it, I feel like you're really standing for people getting reconnected mm-hmm. and love, mm-hmm. like just love and connection. Because right now in this world, there's a lot of people who are disconnected, a lot of people who feel isolated, mm-hmm. who feel like they don't belong, nobody understands them. And what you're standing for is so much bigger than just waiting till marriage for having sex. Yeah. It's like really about love and finding your person yeah. and making a bigger difference in the world. So I really acknowledge you for doing that. Thank you. And thank you for being that person. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Confession. I, I wrote the book just to talk about city fam. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I had a very strong opinion on sex and waiting and I figured it was the one thing that I could write a book about, but I knew it would open doors for me to talk about city fam, which I was super passionate about because it is really for, like you just said, it's, it's those marginalized people, you know, I can't help but look back at Jesus because he changed my life. Like that's who he went after. He hung around. He didn't hang around church people. He didn't hang around. He didn't hang around religious people. Religious people killed him. Right. But the religious, he was out there hanging out with prostitutes and the people that were marginalized that were forgotten about that thought, you know, like I heard someone say that I've made mistakes and nobody cares. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what city fam is for us. It's like, let's go, let's fish where the fish are. Let's go find those people and bring them in and let's, Mm. And collect together, we're going to be better together, you know? So anyway, I could talk all day about it. (laughs) (laughs) That was wonderful. I guess we have to wrap up because we have like one minute left. All right. What do you want to leave us with, Rob? Come on. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Lisa Risto, our (sighs) boots on the ground in Phoenix. She is killing it. Uh, Really great leader. I'm so excited that she's on the team. (laughs) Um, Also, Christina Wirtz, who's on the team. Elisa. And then hopefully Carrie. So all, all you ladies. Book yeah. study on Absolutely. Sundays at 6. Sundays at 6.30, right? At Lucy's at the Orchard in Phoenix. Yeah. Yes. And or we need men. We, we need men out there. There's some hot chicks in City Fam, fellas. So get out. <laughs> and we had a man last week, and it was wonderful to hear his perspective. And the women were just blown away by what he said. Because one of them was like, oh, my gosh, men have feelings. Like, yeah. they have emotions. It's such a great perspective to get from the it's man's side. It's a huge side. perspective. I loved it. Yeah. It was amazing. So men, join us. Yeah, join us. And it was so wonderful having you guys here in Phoenix to help us launch our chapter. So thank you for coming. It was awesome. It I can't wait incredible. to come back. It's a beautiful state. Awesome. I heard you're moving here. Is that uh, true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know. There you go. Bring your mama out here. Yeah. Bring your whole family. Bring your city family here. We'll yeah. work on the arranged marriage. I'm next. sure they'd love the marriage. <laughs> arranged marriage. Is, polygamy, is polygamy legal in, in Arizona? I'm no, kidding. I don't know. <laughs> totally kidding. That was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. It kind of was. It really kind of was. On that note. It's a different chapter. But thank you. Yeah. Joking. (laughs) And that's how we close it. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.